0: and welcome back to the new normal podcast episode three where nothing is normal and that's the new normal (laughs) yeah hopefully everyone is listening to this either online waiting for the polls to vote while you're sitting awaiting election results no matter when
1: you're listening to the new normal podcast We just hope that this can be an escape for
0: you where we only talk about the things that stress us out. So, (laughs) yeah, today we wanted to talk entirely about the election. As Emma said, it is election eve. So, we're nervous, we're excited to cover the election as journalists, but lots of different feelings. How are you feeling, Emma?
1: I'm feeling anxious. I initially was like, all right, it'll come, it'll pass but I've been getting a lot of pre-apocalyptic civil war energy from the world recently, which has been stressing me out even more than the election results themselves. I'm very stressed about just the aftermath and the idea of things
0: getting worse is not Appealing to Emma and I, before we started recording, we were both talking about how both of our siblings live in DC and they both stocked up on groceries. And we realized that we both had also bought groceries recently. So it seems like a lot of people are really preparing as if I'm buying groceries. Something is about to go down, (laughs) which is not a reassuring sign. Did you get anything exciting at the grocery store? Um, yesterday, I went to the grocery store with my two friends. Which, where? Which grocery store? We went to the Wegmans by mm. our campus, and we had to buy toilet paper for the first time this whole year. Wow. Because one of our friends came with, like, bulk toilet paper. Someone had, like, donated to her, so we realized that... This was our first time buying toilet paper, and we wanted to buy two packs, but there's still a limit. We can only buy one pack of toilet paper, so that was very interesting. (laughs) I am also feeling a, a bit anxious about the election results. However, I am looking forward to the opportunity to cover it as a student journalist. Emma and I are in Northampton County, Pennsylvania, and as everyone probably knows, Pennsylvania is a huge swing state. We have been hearing over and over again that it has the power to determine the results of our whole election and our specific county also has a lot of weight so that's been pretty exciting to be in such a crucial county during this time. Totally agree. Um,
1: Northampton and Lehigh counties which are like the two primary counties in the surrounding area we both vote in Northampton County have historically been two of the greatest bellwethers for the entire state of Pennsylvania, and a lot of times elections have come down to Pennsylvania, so the ability to vote in this county in this state is crazy. We're both from New York, so being able to be registered here is, I find, very exciting, and I'm very glad to be voting here, but it's also a big responsibility. I definitely feel the added stress and pressure as if I were to be voting in New York. The outcome is a bit predetermined some would say and here it's really like we are going to be watching the polls all day and probably for the next five to ten days for all we know so it is definitely an exciting time to be alive an exciting time to be a Pennsylvanian
0: yeah should we tell them about what we did last week It it was pretty crazy oh last week what a crazy week it was so we'll set the scene it was saturday i think casual weekend i was on my phone i get notifications from the local paper in our region and all of a sudden it pops up president donald trump is going to be in the lehigh valley come monday and we were like whoa it's pretty crazy this was with 10 days until the election so emma and i and our friend jordan shout out to you jordan if you're listening We hope you are. If Jordan doesn't listen to this podcast by now what is he even doing? We scrambled and we tried to figure out how we could get press access to cover Trump's rally in our region because the fact that the sitting president was going to be in our county with such few days until the election was an opportunity as student journalists that we had to cover.
1: And it actually worked out. We were able to all get press passes. We were standing up there next to a lot of local news outlets. We were there next to Manu Raju from CNN. Crazy times. We did not speak to him because social distancing, but pretty cool that we were in the White House press pool. No matter who the president is, that is a cool opportunity, especially if you're a journalist or a journalism nerd like we are. And yeah, it was a very interesting experience to say the
0: least. <laughs> um. We had Emma taking amazing photos of the president. I, I I made her give me the camera so I could take a photo of the president and say I took a photo of the president. We had...
1: Check J- out our photos on the thebrownandwhite.com <laughs> or on our Instagram.
0: We had Jordan, our editor-in-chief, live tweeting from the Brown and White account, and he was fact-checking the president in real time. Like, that was crazy. And then we... Ran
1: home, and in after a day of pouring rain, it's poured hours of time into editing, writing, transcribing. We spoke to so many Trump supporters, Trump fans, at an event that was entirely illegal. We should note um, this: it had about two thousand people there, and the state of Pennsylvania limits gatherings I think of more than 50 in outdoor spaces so that was definitely something we took into consideration we made sure to act with safety took a lot of coronavirus related precautions but it was very fascinating to see how many people chose to come out on such a short notice how many people drove distances to be there and how many people chose not to wear masks in such a situation
0: yeah it was pretty freaky because for the most part we were in a separate area with the other press so we felt very safe for the most part but seeing so many people I think I can't even remember the last time that I've seen this many people gathered in one place and so many people without masks it was pretty jarring and it just I think shows a lot about how some people just can't get with the coronavirus program and pre- prevention efforts is It was pretty disheartening to see but it also just shows you that some people really don't get it or just don't care yeah it also speaks to how many people
1: who we live so close to either don't feel threatened by the virus don't believe in the virus and obviously no matter what side of politics you fall on the anti-coronavirus rhetoric is fueled by our president and it was very concerning he wasn't wearing a mask. I would say about half of the supporters there weren't wearing masks, so it was definitely a very interesting thing to see. And we were we were obviously very cautious, but we came home feeling a bit overwhelmed throughout the rally. We were aggressively booed by the audience, um, threatened a little bit, not too much, just a little bit.
0: Yeah about probably five times during Trump's remarks he mentioned the fake news media and at this point the almost 2,000 people all turned around pointed and booed at the press pool it was like we were pigs in like a pen it was very weird and as a journalism student it made me sad because it was we are taught in all of our classes the importance of being objective and being fair and In moments like this it's really hard as a journalist to not share your opinion and not say which side you fall on and to just be surrounded by all of these Trump supporters and Trump himself pointing at us I felt like he was looking me in the eye at one point (laughs) if you were hello mr. president it was hard to hear as something that Emma and I are both really passionate about to just hear the president of our country say it's fake and it's wrong and have all these people boo and shout at us. But it was also
1: really interesting because I feel like Trump is such an interesting case for how Republicans view media because obviously we know that they're is a lot of misinformation spread through a lot of news outlets just because of so much citizen journalism and all that we study in school. We understand how to decipher what's true and what's not, but we also know that media literacy is something that is very hard to come by. And it was something that we'll get into a little bit later, but we did face a lot of backlash from other students and the Lehigh community for covering this event. Which was really interesting but i do want to say that it really interests me to see how much trump focuses on the media for how much he claims to hate them so much of his persona and his platform is built on media attention and he's such an attention seeker and everything he says and kind of saying these jarring semi-blasphemous things he's craving that response from the media and it's really interesting to see because I think more than any other political event that I've looked into or covered obviously not on that scale but no one really ever notes the media no one really ever calls them out but that was like a core part of his messaging was how much he hated the media but in doing so was calling attention to it making a discussion about it so it was very fascinating.
0: Yeah he spoke for over an hour and I would say honestly 20 minutes of it was devoted to calling out the media again and again and as Emma was alluding to we came home from the event put all of our content up And we posted photos on our brown and white Instagram account, and all was well. And probably the next day, we started hearing murmurs, people saying, have you checked in on the brown and white Instagram account lately? Do you guys see what is going on? And on one of the photos that we had posted of supporters at the Trump rally had probably now around 100 comments from members of the lehigh community when i first looked at it i remember it had 58 comments and
1: while we love our instagram i would say on average we receive one to three comments more likely zero (laughs) and they're usually all members of the staff so To have 58 comments was interesting and also notable that on our previous two posts, we didn't have really any comments. One person commented Trump 2020, one person commented Biden 2020, but for some reason this third post really set people off. Um, The photos included uh, just like general shots of supporters, uh, some photos of Trump himself, and... We also, to note that we had other people on our staff who opted to go to this as people who sat with the supporters. So that was a really interesting thing for them. And they also were putting themselves at a bit of a risk to go into the audience and really like be on the scene like we were on the scene but we had the more security of being above and being socially distanced from everyone but we also had journalists who were willing to kind of jump into it and they were the ones that received arguably the most backlash yeah and to be
0: clear they didn't attend as trump supporters they just attended as journalists they just didn't have the same press access as we did so they were more on the ground interviewing people and yeah the comments were crazy as emma was talking about media literacy people that came to that post really did not just seem to understand the concept that we were a news outlet and that we were covering the president the should we read out some of our favorite comments we should we should read hate comments the comments were just going off they were attacking us for pushing lehigh's propaganda Let's see. So a big overarching theme was the idea that people seem to believe that
1: the brown and white serves to be a voice for the university. So people really thought that by posting all these things that the brown and white was voicing their support of a candidate, which we typically don't do in elections and we have yet to do in this election because it is so divisive and we definitely were not voicing our support of Trump. Through these posts. We were just sharing the fact that the current president of the United States came to our town days before potential reelection. And as a news outlet, that is arguably the most newsworthy thing
0: on earth right now. So just yeah. to reiterate, at our haters, fight me. <laughs> yeah, here are some of my favorite comments actively promoting crowded rallies during a pandemic. What a sick joke of a paper. Here's another great one. Um, I'm pretty sure the brown and white is supposed to be nonpartisan. This is disgusting. You know Pennsylvania is a swing state, and it is a dick ridiculous you would use your platform in this way. And here is my personal favorite comment of, Lehigh really let y'all post this extremely biased political propaganda. Disgusting. This newspaper is literal shit, and this is a joke to the <laughs> journalism department. Not going to lie, this one hurt. <laughs> yeah, um, what did the Lehigh it, journalism department ever do to you? Please this let is, me know. This
1: is one of my favorites, and this one has trickled into some of my classes, and also... And it's actually... I don't really think it's against us. I just think it's a lot of sarcasm, which I stand. It says, wow, lots of O's. Can't believe the brown and right would just cover a politician's campaign event like that. The fact that you guys would highlight the importance of Pennsylvania as a swing state by covering a candidate's event. The nerve. Seriously ridiculous that you guys didn't go to Biden's house and take pictures of him in his basement. More like the brown and Breitbart. I applaud your creativity you are a hero but a lot of people like so there are about 95 comments a lot of them which are just biden 2020 don't even play y'all joking um and then a lot of things blaming lehigh for putting us at risk for going to this when i should reiterate to the fact that probably no one commenting on this is listening to this but hopefully you are Um, pretty much every single thing that we do with the Brown and White is self-motivated. We are entirely student-run, give or take Matt Vito. And we sought out this opportunity on our own. We, I think I can speak for Yumi and Jordan in saying that while these were a little bit disheartening to the morale of our staff as a whole, I um, never really felt bad about any of this because I knew how good our reporting was and I knew wholeheartedly that it was probably the least biased reporting we've ever done. We put ourselves in a very uncomfortable situation, a really vulnerable situation, and just spoke to people amid a pandemic, might have you. And we really just listened to what people's priorities were, what they cared about, and covered on like the most newsworthy thing that's ever happened to us. I have absolutely no regrets in doing so. This, I will say that these comments, and feel free to check out Our third post on Donald Trump's rally on our Instagram. You can see these beautiful comments for yourself. Yeah, we left them all up there because we own our shit.
0: And it it provided us great analytics on our Instagram. So thank you, everyone, for your comments. Our
1: Instagram's popping off.
0: Anyways,
1: I will say that these comments did force us to take a better look at what we were doing and ensuring that as we approach this obviously very divisive time that we were putting our best efforts towards fair coverage and unbiased coverage, and as a result, I actually attended, two days later, a Biden-Harris rally where Doug Emhoff, Kamala's husband, Senator Harris's husband, spoke as well as a lot of very notable local politicians. Susan Wilde was there, Josh Shapiro, the Attorney General of Pennsylvania was there, Steven Samuelson was there, and it was a really cool opportunity. It was very different than the Trump rally. It was very socially distanced, it was not open to the public, but I was still able to get a lot of good pictures of some notable figures. And go to further prove that we just report on the news that comes to us. We seek out opportunities, but we are not a biased organization. Yeah,
0: this experience was definitely a little, the reaction to our coverage was definitely a little jarring, but as emma said i do not regret it at all i don't know how many student journalists can say that at 20 21 years old they covered the president i don't know if i will ever cover a president ever again in my career i hope i will um it's pretty cool maybe i'll hope i'll never have to cross paths with donald trump ever again but it was an unreal experience that I'm probably going to talk about for a very long time and also Emma and I both interviewed the congressional candidates for Pennsylvania's 7th District I interviewed the Republican candidate Lisa Scheller and I interviewed Susan Wild, one of my personal heroes
1: I am obsessed with her. Susan if you're listening hire me Um, but yeah we were able to speak to Really so many local influential politicians in the past couple of days. I also interviewed Congressman Charlie Dent a few days back, who is a retired representative for Pennsylvania's district. And it was, it's been a crazy week. We have done so much in this past week, and I feel like the craziest parts are yet to come, which I feel like is where we can segue this to next, is just what tomorrow is going to look like. If you're listening to this on Election Day, what today is going to look like and just what's going to follow and the chaos
0: that may ensue. Yeah. So tomorrow, Emma and I are both going to be on the scene at the polls reporting. We don't really know what to expect. A little bit nervous, but no, we can take it on, especially after our crazy experiences that you guys have heard about. We're going to be talking to supporters at the polls, seeing how their voting experience was going maybe gauging some issues that are important to them which candidates they support and then the polls close at 8 p.m so all night we are going to be watching the news monitoring the polls and reporting and we do not expect to have the election results tomorrow night i was on listening to a press conference with the pennsylvania secretary of state today that said They do not need to certify the results of the election until November 23rd officially. So hopefully it will be before then. But it's definitely going to be a day of heightened anxiety and tension for everyone, I'm sure. So
1: yeah, look out for yourselves tomorrow. I would say if you haven't voted yet, please vote. Um, Even if you are in a state that feels pretty solidified in their standing The popular vote is still influential, and it's good to just have your voice heard. This is the only time you get to participate in your democracy, and I know a lot of people who have a lot of opinions who still opt to not vote, and to me that just seems silly. Voting is so fun. It's my favorite hobby.
0: Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do
1: it every year like
0: clockwork. I had a great... Time voting. I voted early at the county courthouse. It was a very easy process. I got a lovely I voted sticker and I just felt a sense of accomplishment and honor to be voting in such a crucial county. So I'm excited to see how my vote's going to influence the results. It's
1: crazy. Our votes influence the results. I wish that was the same for everyone. We don't need to get too into my opinions on the Electoral College, but. It is crazy that our opinions like carry a lot of weight here. And Trump only won by 44,000 votes in 2016. And that's a big number, but really not in the scheme of the fact that over 75 million have already voted and a majority of people still plan to vote tomorrow. It's crazy how so few people can have such a big say. I will say that we know for a fact that Pennsylvania will not have a clear, decided number till at the very least November sixth because they're giving an ex- they were given an extra three days to count mail invalids, which I think is a great thing. I don't want to get too political here. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, but I voted by mail. I my vote has already been counted. I saw on the website. But this is the first year that. Pennsylvania has accepted mail-in ballots for non-excuse absentee purposes. So it's going to be really crazy to see how this plays out. When I was speaking to Congressman Dent, he was saying that Pennsylvania is kind of like a test case for this election. But (laughs) he had a quote that really stuck out to me was that we do not want Pennsylvania to be the Florida of 2000. And for anyone who does not know what that means means we do not want to be the shit show that debates whether or not this election is valid. And the truth is, there's a chance that issues with Pennsylvania voting are what take us to the Supreme Court are what delay these elections results. And that's really scary. I personally am very afraid of accusations from the current president of voter fraud in the event that this election does not go his way. I'm afraid of voter fraud on both sides. I don't think that voter fraud is a real concern, but just conversations surrounding it and the failure to trust the election process gives me a lot of anxiety. Um, I've been waking up at like 6 a.m., just woken up by my stress recently because I can't stop thinking about the election. easy to feel helpless right now and just remember that a president only has two terms and that At the end of the day, in the grand scheme of the world, progress is not entirely linear. And just think of how far we've come and how far we've yet to move. And never let being disheartened be the reason that you don't (laughs) get.
0: Yeah, I think everything Emma is saying is so spot on and beautiful. And I think that if people are listening to this on election day, even a few days after election day, just like we said before, making time for yourself, knowing when to tune into the news and look at updates, knowing when it's time to disengage. I'm sure there will be so many arguments and fights and conversations in friend group chats, family group chats, people claiming they know things that other people don't. Like There's so many messy situations that come from politics and especially will come from the results of the election. So I think knowing when to engage, but also knowing when to take time for you and step away from it and maybe do something else. You don't need to be eyes glued to the TV the entire time. You can go to sleep at 11 p.m. and maybe wake up and we still won't know who won. There's not going to be a reason to stay up until 2 a.m. racking your brain and just thinking about every what if possibility and i also think that other valuable words of wisdom is that if the election does not go the way you want it to go it's gonna be sucky and it's gonna be hard and people are really one side or the other so half of the country or whatever is not gonna like the outcome but i think that if there is an outcome that you don't like knowing that you can't change it you can't control it and doing the things that you can to be kind to people around you to make the communities that you're involved in a better space and also just to stay politically involved and active after november 3rd is really all that we can do so i think there definitely has to be a big balance going forward i love that i would also say that
1: no matter the outcome arguably before the outcome. Just reach out to your friends, your family, who are feeling vulnerable at this time. It's a really sensitive time for a lot of people, especially you know people whose communities might be threatened right now, communities of color, LGBTQ plus communities, really anyone who's having a heightened sense of stress during this time and just let them know that regardless of how they're voting, how you're voting, that you support them, that you care about them and that the events of the next few days, while they seem and feel like everything right now, you still have the ability within your own life to treat people in the way that they deserve to be treated, even if the narrative surrounding how they deserve to be treated is different. So just be kind to your friends and be kind to your not friends and just spread love 2020 to 2024, (laughs) no matter what. I will read an excerpt. Ew. that calmed me down. This is from our shared professor and advisor, Professor Lataw, and he shared this tidbit of information with me that I will share with all of you. Please hold. <laughs> we can choose to cut this out. He said... I know this is an anxious time for us all with classes and life pressures. I know the election is its own kind of stress for our work and for our own sense of feeling about the future, regardless of partisan positions, if you have any. I'm not going to tell you that it's all going to be okay because study time and wisdom have availed me of any such utopianism. But I will say that what you're doing right now as students learning about the world and how to think critically about what information you encounter is our only hope for the future. I talk a lot to you all about thriving where you're planted, using your gifts and knowledge to make an impact. I do believe you are our greatest hope for the future, regardless of what goes down next week, and that you have a choice every day in how to help determine what the story looks like tomorrow. Embrace realism and pragmatism where you may, but never give up on the idea that you have the ability to make a difference. You are all what gets me moving each day, despite the reality that the days have grown hard. I believe in you. Let's keep working no matter what happens on Tuesday. Not only did this make me cry the first time I read it, but I think it's just a really good sense to remind us that Tuesday, tomorrow, will be divisive in a lot of ways. But at the same time, we have encountered so much division and showed so much resilience and strength just over this past year alone and not to let however tomorrow turns out determine how you go forward. Like, never stop advocating for the issues that are important to you. Never be afraid to voice your opinion.
0: Well, we hope that however the election turns out, whenever you're listening to this, we hope that it can provide some comfort to people. Know that you're not alone. Know it's okay to be anxious and scared for the future, but that we will be okay.
1: And that being fearful in some sense is like a good reminder that you care and that it should be if anything a motivator to create positive change impact small impact creates a ripple effect next week's going to be a lot more silly we'll probably reference the election but
0: We'll move on. We'll life m- will need to move on.
1: It's will be time for us to chat about something
0: else. So comment down below yeah. what you want us to chat about. I, we think we're going to talk about social life during the pandemic. So if anyone has specific questions or things they would like to hear about, send us a comment or a message. Send us a, yeah, send a message. Us a message um, Maybe from a pigeon carrier
1: if you're interested in any of the new normal podcast merch <laughs> we don't let, have it let us know your ideas and feel free to Vemo us for the development of said merch and we will send it to you the second we
0: profit all right happy voting everyone happy election eve